throughout the course of the gospel, the Lord obviously teaches us many things. He teaches us, for example, how to pray. He teaches us how to relate to other people. And on top of that, he also teaches us how to suffer. And with that last point in mind, I want to focus on this really famous gospel that you find in the gospel of Matthew chapter 11. The story involving St. John the Baptist, which you typically find in the context of the third Sunday of Advent. So as a matter of background to this particular story, St. John the Baptist is rotting away in prison, and to put it mildly, he's, he's kind of frustrated for a whole variety of reasons, right? And Father John Ricardo talks about this. So first of all, again, he's rotting away in prison, but on top of that, no one is doing anything to get him out. There's no letter writing campaign, there's no protest outside the prison, and on top of that, he's done nothing wrong. And on top of that, he is actually the cousin of Christ the Lord. And so at the peak of his frustration, if you will, he sends a bunch of his disciples, messengers, if you will, to the Lord to deliver a really important message. And so the way it's phrased in the gospel is, you know, Lord, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Loosely translated, are you truly the Messiah? Are you really him? Because quite frankly, buddy, I'm not really feeling it right now. And again, the words of Father John Ricardo, that's a heck of a question to put it mildly. Now, I might suggest that for a lot of us, if we weren't immediately familiar with how the story actually goes, we might have expected that the Lord would respond by basically saying, look, um, shut up, right? Know your role, stay in your lane, ye of little faith, right? Like, who are you to question me, to question God's providential designs? In other words, we probably would have expected the Lord would chastise St. John the Baptist for being insolent, for again, questioning the ways of God. But, you know, funny enough, the Lord doesn't actually respond in this way. But instead, his response is actually very pastoral and twofold, actually, in nature. And so basically, the first part of his answer is directed to John the Baptist specifically through his messengers. And so basically, the Lord refers to this really famous prophecy by the prophet Isaiah when he says, look, the blind can see, the deaf can hear, the lame can walk, before finally concluding, blessed is that person who finds no offense at me, thereby alluding to the fact that the messianic age is already playing out despite all appearances to the contrary, and despite John the Baptist's subjective experience. Of course, in this, the Lord is basically inviting John the Baptist to look at things with the eyes of faith, as opposed to trusting the lies and deceptions suggested to him by his own painful experience. But you see, on top of that, and this is kind of the second part of the Lord's response, he speaks directly to the messengers themselves. And so what he says is, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John the Baptist. And you see, in this, what the Lord is basically saying to the people at large is that even now, even now when John the Baptist is being really honest about his experience of pain and frustration, he is doing nothing wrong. But instead, he is actually teaching the world by his example that it's actually okay to process your painful experiences with the Lord our God. But you see, hold that thought for a moment and think about how we typically understand the Christian approach to so-called negative emotions, whether we're talking about anger, frustration, loneliness, sadness, or whatever the case may be. And so my suggest that for a lot of us, we've been largely conditioned to believe that God is somehow displeased by our lack of faith whenever we experience any one of these different, again, so-called negative emotions, as a result of which our typical response whenever we start to feel, again, angry, sad, lonely, or frustrated, is to either suppress these emotions and or feel guilty about having even this kind of raw emotional experience. Whereas the reality, of course, is that precisely in the midst of these really painful experiences, we're called to remember that the Lord is not simply our God, but he's also our Father. 
the one who invites us to come to him whenever we feel weary or find life burdensome, such that he might truly give us rest. But if you think about it, this actually makes sense for a couple reasons. So first of all, on a very natural level, we're invited to remember and recall that whenever we have the wherewithal to share our painful experiences with friends and family in a very safe and comfortable environment, that can be a really helpful and healing thing. Now, obviously, if we make a kind of a habit to, you know, basically rip on people behind their backs as a national pastime, that's clearly not a good thing. But that's not what we're talking about here. But again, the whole idea is that when I have the courage and the wherewithal to share my painful experiences with people that I trust, with people in whose love I have confidence, that can be a very life-giving experience because it means that I'm not alone in my pain. But instead, I can feel this sense of, of being seen and known and loved precisely in my moments of vulnerability. And of course, the whole point is that as it goes in our relationships with people in our ordinary lives, so it goes in our relationship with Christ. And so again, when I have the courage and the wherewithal to process my experience of pain with my Father in heaven, that can be a very healthy, healing, and redemptive place for me to be. But of course, the other thing we're called to remember when it comes to processing our painful experiences with our Father in heaven is that it's actually supported by the gospel itself. And so even beyond the example of John the Baptist, think about Christ himself in the context of Holy Week. And so, for example, think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. My soul is sorrowful unto death. Lucy translated, honestly, Father, I don't want to do this, and I feel like killing myself. Or think about the Lord suffering and dying on the cross for the salvation of the world. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Lucy translated, Father, I feel alone. I feel completely abandoned by you and by your providential designs. Now, obviously, in the context of both these different examples, the Lord is using brutally honest language to describe his personal experience. But at the same time, he's not guilty of sin, right? The Lord is like us in all things but sin. And so, therefore, what he's ultimately trying to teach us, again, through his words and through his example, is that truly it's okay for us to process our painful experiences with our Father in heaven. Because ultimately, the Lord never wants us to be alone with our pain, but instead he wants us to always remember that truly he is Emmanuel, God who is with me, God who is with you, and truly God who is with us. And may God bless you all.